Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome back to Mum's the Word, the parenting podcast. I'm Kelsey Parker and I'm your guest host for this week. I'm mum to Aurelia, age four, and Bodie, age two. One of the most surprising things I've found from becoming a mother is the fact that we underestimate our children's intelligence like I felt that when I had my children I started off with doing the baby talk but they understand so much and it has surprised me how intelligent these little mini humans are one of the most challenging parts of being a mother is it's relentless guys it's honestly relentless from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed it is relentless and it is a challenge but we somehow put a smile on our face and we get through and the most amazing thing about being a mother that I found so far is the strength that my children have given me I have had the toughest three years that I think anyone could go through and my children have given me so much strength and so much hope and I don't think I would have been able to get through these past three three years without my beautiful gorgeous amazing intelligent children now that's enough about me let's get into this week's chat This week, we have radio presenter and now author, Leanna Bird. She's got the record for the longest standing female DJ on Radio X. How cool is that? And is mum to Dali and Iggy, who are five and three. She's just about to release her brand new children's book, Babu, The Unusual Bee. Welcome to the show. What was the most surprising thing for you when you became a mother? Oh my goodness. That is so difficult to say because I feel like until you, until you really are in it, until you do it, you just, you can never really prepare for it fully. I think, I think I, I really wanted to be a mum and do all the kind of fun mum stuff, the playing, the arts and crafts, you know, I was so ready for that. I used, when I was a, when I was a little kid, I used to pretend I was unwell when we were on holiday so I could stay back in the hotels and look after the little kids in the creche. I just love being around little kids. And I think that side of it has been, you know, what I kind of expected. But I suppose what was the more surprising side was all the kind of very domesticated stuff you end up having to do when you've got the kids. You know, the constant tidying up after them, the constant being a chef and making meals. I was watching um, Below Deck the other day. Love Below and Deck. I, you know, it's the show on the, yeah, it's amazing. But they're on the super yachts. And I suddenly realized, I was like, I'm basically the stews and the deck crew 
for my children 24 seven. Yeah. They are the rich guests sitting there demanding, <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like this meal, please. Can you clear this away? Entertain me. And it's my job to just run away. I go, sorry, sorry, are you okay? Are you happy? Um, so I think that side of it, like the amount of running around and the amount of like uh, domestic side of it, I, I was a bit, it took me a bit by surprise. And I think. you know what? That doesn't stop. I've got teenage brothers who are 16 and 18 and they will call my mum. They'll be sat up in their bedroom. They call my mum and be like, can you bring me a drink up? I'm like, have you not got legs? It is, it is relentless. And I think we've got it until they fly the nest. <laughs> I think even after I'm terrible. Do you know what? It's karma though. Cause I'm terrible. If I go and see my mum now, I'm still like really bad at doing things just like after a cup of tea, like taking the teacup to the sink. I just, you know, you go back into that mode. And I do think in a way I'm getting what I deserved a little bit because when I was a kid, I was so messy. I'm still quite a messy person now, which is I think why also it's been quite a shock having to tie up after other people. I'm like, I can't even look after myself. I can't even organize my own life. Um, but my mum was saying to me the other day, you know, I was, I would just leave clothes all over the floor. I was really, you know, I was, she had to really, really ask me a lot. Her and my dad were just constantly saying, please tidy up. And in the end, they just sort of stopped asking me, went, okay, if you want to live like that, live like that. And I think my bedroom floor, you know, was just like layered. I feel like me and clothes. you are actually you know, the same do. person. I feel like we're the same person because everything <laughs> you're saying is how I feel as well with my kids. Like that's what I struggle with, just the mess and how they like get the dollies out and they'll get something else out. And then you're then the one at like, you know, seven o'clock in the evening, then putting it all away. And you're like, can you just not touch anything? But then also you really want them to play and have a good time. I, I feel like I've never despised felt tip pen lids as much as I have since I've become a mum. It's like there's a bane of my life, just lids everywhere and pens drying out. And I can't, I just, I feel so sad for these pens. I'm like, they're just drying out and you love them. You love drawing. And it's like that, just those little things. But, you know, I feel like, as I said, maybe we, we've got the kids that we deserved if we were messy kids too, because uh, it's just, it goes in a cycle, doesn't it? Maybe if I'd been a very organized, um, tidy child, then my children would have been the same. They probably got it for uh, me. Yeah, and so. I do think it's probably their environment as well, because yeah, I'm quite messy. So then I think the kids think, well, you're doing it. So why, why am I not going to do it? Yeah. And in our exactly. house, the felt tips are actually banned because we've had some nice murals on the wall and I had a nice oh, bit okay. of biro on my sofa the other day and I said to Aurelia, why did you do it? And she went, well, you left me on my own, mum. Fair point. Do you know what? We've sort of just made a decision in our house to just embrace that because we've got quite an arty house anyway. My partner paints and we're very creative in the house and they started doing the thing, you know, we'd come down and there'd be something on the wall or on the fridge. And we were like, you know what? Let's just make that part of the house decoration. Yeah. Love their drawings, even when they're scribbles. So we've just gone, rather than getting stressed and trying to control that environment, just just enjoy it and it's like yeah this is the the mural house <laughs> it's just oh, like I love, free that. For all that. I love that <laughs> did you find it hard to jump from one to then two yeah so all my because I was probably later at having kids than most of my school friends I was mid to late 30s geriatric mum technically which I loved being called when I was pregnant thanks for that <laughs> yeah cheers um, but a lot of my friends had had you know two or more kids. And so they did kind of say to me, look, you know, at the beginning when you've got this, a baby and a toddler, it's tough for that first year, really. Um, but the payoff you get when they start to play together and entertain each other, obviously the love they have for each other, but also from a practical point of view, you know, my five-year-old plays so beautifully now with my nearly three-year-old 
they do fight, of course, you know, they, they fight over silly things, but they love each other and they play so well. It just, it actually gives me a break now. Yeah. So I think I was kind of, I was quite prepared for the, I was quite prepared for it. My, my best mate, Phoebe, you know, I'm God, godmother to her kids. And so she really did like prepare me for the leap. But I think, you know, what we weren't prepared for was having a baby during a pandemic and then yeah. the lockdowns and having our then two and a half year old at home 24 seven with us. Um, and I mean, we stayed locked down probably longer than a lot of people because I was pregnant yeah. and then having a newborn baby, we were really anxious. It was so early on in the pandemic and we were just really worried about it. So we stayed in a bubble for a very long time. So our toddler didn't go to nursery till quite late on my oldest daughter. So having both of them at home and managing that, that was that was quite a lot. But I also I wouldn't change it now looking back. Because you got that time that you'd never get with your children. And I think also the bonding between the two of them. So we had to basically say to my then two and a half year old Dali, we were like, look, you know, you're part of the team. And she really was part of the team. Yeah. She really helped with Iggy. Um, and I think that has helped create an amazing bond between the two of them as well. So did you have Iggy... You actually gave birth in the in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So she was a she's a pandemic baby. Me too. I had one as well. Did you? Yeah. So How I, did you find so it? So I've got Bodhi, and he is he turns three in October. I, Iggy's going to be three in a week. A couple of months. A couple of months between the two of them. It was just tough, wasn't it? You just felt so alone. Yeah, I think I think I was lucky. My partner was allowed to be there for the birth, and I know a lot of a lot of moms had to do it alone, and I think that that would have been really tough. So we were quite lucky in that respect. And, um, you know, having, you know, people talk about the beginning bubble and like having the first couple of weeks, just you. So you just get an extended version of that in a way. find that quite nice as well. The fact that you couldn't have everyone come around and see the baby. So you did have that time. Because obviously when I first had my, my first, it was like everyone then comes and you feel really overwhelmed because especially you've just had your first baby and then everyone's coming in. I found that really overwhelming and I have preeclampsia yeah. with um, Aurelia. So I was actually really ill and I probably shouldn't have had anyone come to the house, but you know, everyone wants to see the firstborn, don't they? So I, I really enjoyed that with Bodhi that I could sort of ban people. <laughs> yeah. Like hibernate in. Yeah. I think, I think also if you're a bit of a people pleaser like me, um, you know, even when you've got a newborn, if someone's coming to visit, you sort of get that, that feeling of having to host, which I wish, you know, we, we, I wish we didn't have that. And I wish I didn't have that. But you're sort of worried. Oh, do I have to tidy up? And do I have to make them a cup of tea? And obviously people try to help. But if you've got that in you. Yeah, you just can can't just, help and it. You're so tired. Yeah, and you're so tired. You just, what you really want is for someone to come around. And this is like top tip. One of my friends, Paloma, came to visit me. And she did the most amazing thing. Because I had the baby. And I was all thinking like, right, okay, we're going to do this. And I'll make a cup of tea. And she walked in. She gave me a massive bottle of water. She'd made me some lunch, like a lasagna. She just put it in front of me and she just went, you just sit there. And she just went and did the washing up in the sink, took a bin out and just did all that stuff. And I was just sitting there like, you are the most, and she was like, well, I've, I've had, I've had babies. So I know she'd had a, a And that's a all you want. Already. You just want someone to come in and do your washing and, and hang it out for you and sort the baby clothes out and make you a cup of tea. Like that is the ultimate friend right there. Sorry guys, no cuddles for the baby. There's the bins. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and they go out on a Monday and a Wednesday as well. So if you can read about the front. <laughs> How was your birth experience with both your girls? How did you find it? Because I just feel like, and especially for me, I felt that I wasn't I wasn't that prepared to actually give birth. 
Like, and I, I've found like talking to a lot of my friends is that you don't actually know what birth is. So what you sort of, you know, I know there's one born every minute and stuff like that, but when you're actually in labor, it's quite intense. And, and I was really overwhelmed by how, you know, hard birth actually is in labor. And how do, how do you feel? What was your, what was your birth stories and your birth experience? I mean, they were both quite different. Um, I will say I knew to expect the unexpected because again, a lot of my friends had had kids and they all said like, yes, make your birth plan, but be prepared to screw it up and throw it out the window on the day because things change and like let yourself off the hook. Like I knew that putting too much pressure on myself to do things a certain way was not going to be the right way for me. And I just wanted to kind of slightly go with the flow. I had tried to do the prep with the hypnobirthing and I thought maybe I'll be like, you know, earth mother in a pool giving birth. And I literally, I would, I remember listening to the tapes of the hypnobirthing and I was like, she's going to do my head in this lady. If I was listening to her, I was like, honestly, I just want to throw it out the window. So I stopped that soon. And that was just me. Like, I just honestly was like, felt irritated by it so I was like uh, that was out the window that was gone and I had the tens machine and all that kind of stuff and my waters broke first so um they knew that if the baby didn't start coming within 24 hours we'd have to induce yeah so I went home after my water's birth this is with my oldest daughter Dali and you know we thought you know we knew we had time um and it was a kind of 11 o'clock at night so we went to bed but I didn't fall asleep because the first the first um contraction started and I remember thinking, well, I'll let I'll let him sleep because you know what's the I'm, it's going to be a long haul, yeah. right? And I'm just going to go and take rest. myself off. These men, they need their rest. Yeah. Well, I also just thought, you know what? I'm just I just want to kind of like chill and just like do this first bit and just figure it out a little bit because I knew it was going to take time. And I just thought also if he's had some sleep, he can be running around doing advocating for me better and getting what I need more. So, so I went, took myself off to the living room and I remember thinking, well, what should I do? What does one do when one is in contractions? And I just had a deep urge within me to watch Queer Eye. <laughs> and I was like, that's what I want. That's what I want. And yeah. so I put it on and I, I got through a whole series and I basically watched Queer Eye for about 10 hours straight with my first birth. That was I the actually kind of love of me giving birth. <laughs> It was just so joyful and so easy. You know, reality TV can be so chilled and so easy and you don't have to think much. You can just kind of watch it. And it was so joyful and lovely. And I just, yeah, it just distracted me from what was going on. But my partner woke up and he could just hear me like mooing in the living room. And he like ran in and was like, what's going on? What's going on? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm just having contractions. He's like, why didn't you call me? So then we went to the hospital because they were getting quite, um, quite close together and they were like, it's been 24 hours since your water's broke. We're going to have to induce because there's a risk of infection to the baby after 24 hours. And at that point, I was still coping with the contractions. Yeah. And I was thinking, I'll see, I'll see what happens. Maybe I don't need any um, drugs at this point. And um, so they induced me. And I went from being like, yep, I can handle the contractions to literally being like, get rid of the drugs. Yeah. And I got an epidural and... It was all fine after that. I was like, okay, love you, epidurals. Thank you very much. And I had a, I had quite, I was quite lucky. I had a very chilled out. I was, you know, I didn't have much pain because of the epidural, so I couldn't feel anything. Came in a couple of pushes. She came out. So I feel like I was quite lucky. I had quite a good, quite a good experience. Yeah, that's incredible. And then do you feel like your second was, was as good? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get induced, but I, because I'd been through it the first time, I was just like, you know what? 
I'm 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 fine with just like saying from the get go that I'd really like an epidural because yeah. I was like I really really enjoyed it. I was very I had a really nice time once I had an epidural. I was very relaxed, had a good like a good chill. So I was like, why not? So I kind of all, already knew I was going to go down that route, and I um, watched Mrs. Maisel for Iggy. <laughs> I love that you were just watching these series, but do you know what? I think that's such like that's a good that's a good little bit of advice for people because. You're taking your mind off what's actually happening. And I think, you know, from some of my friends that they've really overthought the fact that they were in labor. I mean, with both mine, I was, I again, Bodhi broke his waters. I feel like we're the same person. Bodhi broke his waters, didn't decide to show <laughs> up, got induced. And then again, it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks was like, oh my God. And then with Aurelia, I had preeclampsia. So I was just really ill. And I think with mine, because I had preeclampsia the first time, I didn't realize how ill I was until I had Bodhi and was like, oh, that was a normal birth. This wasn't a normal birth and a normal pregnancy. We all have so much focus on the birth as well because it is such a massive thing in your life, right? And I remember even from when I was young being quite terrified of it and thinking this is going to be this horrific thing that I'm going to have to go through at some point. And I do think like as I got closer to the day and, you know, there is so much pressure on women like, to do things a certain way or like, you know, well done if you do it without, without any pain control, you know, congratulations, you know. And I just think that actually if you get a healthy baby at the end and you're okay, that is all that matters. Yeah. Like nothing else matters. And I think it's wonderful if you can have an amazing experience and design your experience and have whatever it is that would make you feel like this is a beautiful moment. That's fantastic and go, go for it. But for me, I was just like, I just want to be okay. And I want the baby to be okay. And everything else, like the, the baby at the end, I'm going to have this relationship with for the rest of my life. And the birth story is just, it's just one day for most people, you know, it's just one day. So I, yeah, I think taking the pressure off a little bit. I remember my, my best mate, Phoebe, when she gave birth, her first daughter, she didn't have any um, epidural or anything like that because it, she came quite fast. Yeah. And I think the midwives afterwards said to her something like, well, you know, well done because you did it without painkillers. So we're going to give you a private room as a kind of pat on the back, which is obviously, it's quite a sweet thing to say. Yeah. And I understand why they were saying it, but she was a bit like, oh, gosh, that's, it's quite like, it's almost like, Saying if you if you if you had some help, then you've not been as strong or as brave or as much of a woman. And I think that that is problematic because ultimately, all our bodies are so different. The babies are so different. They come. We all have different challenges, and we all have different pain thresholds as well. Of course, and I quite like what a doctor told me at the time. She said to me, "You know what? It's great if you want to give birth naturally, fine. But if you've got pain control." and you're relaxed and calm. There's also something to be said for a baby coming into a calm mm. environment with a nice relaxed mom as well. So there's benefits to both. both. I completely agree with you there. And I just think that message that you're saying is you have to do what's right for you. And if you want pain relief, you take the pain relief. Like, And if you don't and you want to be a hero, then do that too. Let yourself off the hook, basically, whatever feels right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you have an insatiable fascination with the paranormal? Brace yourself for the supernatural world is about to reveal all of its secrets on the Paranormal Activity Podcast. And who better to guide you through this hair-raising journey than myself, Yvette Fielding, renowned paranormal investigator. Every episode of Paranormal Activity takes you on an unforgettable adventure into the unknown. It was so vivid. I saw a white figure move towards the end of the corridor. The first thing I tried to do was I got my phone out my pocket I tried to film it and my battery, the line on my battery, it just went to zero and my phone went straight off. We, we have witnesses that were in Smarlock Woods that night that were assaulted and illegally searched and detained by the military. No! And they saw the object on the ground. Will you dare to join me? Listen to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, wherever you get your podcasts from. So how have you found it raising girls? I love raising girls. I really do. And we wanted girls. And this is no shade on boys because boys are fantastic and wonderful and gorgeous. And we've got some amazing godsons who we love and adore. But we both really, really just wanted girls. And so far, I've loved it. I mean, they are completely different as well. You know, temperamentally and personality-wise, they are they are polar opposites, my girls. I, I also think, you know, girls and boys, it comes so much down to the individual personality. Yeah, 100%. And then, do you know what? This is part of what... The re- one of the reasons I wrote my book, Babu, The Unusual Bee, was because I did want to challenge these kind of gender stereotypes we put on kids. And before I had kids, I remember people saying, well, boys, if you have a boy, you're going to be exhausted when they're toddlers because their energy is wild. Yeah. But with girls, you're going to have difficult teenage years. And you know what? I just don't know. Maybe they, I mean, I've, I've found both of them to be so different to each other that I just can't imagine that there's a pattern like that. And I know there's hormonal differences between boys and girls, of course, but I do just think like, yeah, maybe we push certain toys and certain activities on girls and boys differently. But I also think it just comes down so much to the individual. But I, I have to say with the clothes with girls that we have as a society, you know, they, to me, I love, I love dressing I them up. I completely agree dresses. with you because there's so much in the shop for girls. And whenever I go shopping for Bodie, I'm like, I don't know what to get him. I don't want to get him. I quite like plain clothes as well. So I find it really hard to actually find him clothes. And the girl stuff so gorgeous that I end up spending so much money on her and being like, here, Bodie, I got you a few t-shirts. <laughs> Please. 
plain. Do you know what? And I feel like we do need to challenge that a bit as a society because why shouldn't boys be able to wear as many bright colours and as many beautiful things, you know, or girls to be able to wear more practical, more plain things? I just think obviously when they get older, everyone's going to have their own choices. But with little kids, we we do have these very stringent boxes of what they should wear and look like. And I think... I mean, there's a little boy in, in my in my daughter's, Dali's class, and he he likes pink tutus. He's actually quite a kind of boyish boy in terms of yeah. he's quite boyish. And he's quite, he's quite um, you know, he likes his football and he likes playing with the boys, but he just really likes pink. And I remember she was a little bit upset that one of the boys had said to him, well, that's a girl's colour. And I was like, give him my book, he'll see that it's all about like, you know, colours being for everyone. And that's what I do love about your book. When I read it, I was like, I want to read that to the kids because... Um, with with mine as well, Bodie obviously does have a big sister, so he does like wearing pink and he likes bright orange and he does like he does play with babies and and everything. And yeah, I just think the message in the book is so brilliant. Oh, thank you. I'm really glad. I really, I really, really hope it resonates with some kids who feel othered or are made to feel lesser for the things that they like, either the way they look or the things they like to do and the things they like to play with and. I just really, you know, I grew up feeling different. I think we all probably did in our own ways. Um, You know, I I just really, really hope that we can also, as adults reading that book as well, be encouraged to see that, you know, kids don't fit in a box dependent on their gender and that actually, you know, whatever they like is valid and they're not less of a boy or less of a girl because of the toys they like to play with or the, or how they like to dress. And um, yeah, I hope, I hope some kids reading it do do get that message as well and feel like it's okay to just be who they are i yeah i feel like the message as well so we lost my partner last year and i like the message in the book as well for like for my children is they're not going to be the same as the other children at school like they haven't got a dad and i liked that as part of the book because it's not even just about the color it's about it doesn't matter who you are and what your background is and where you, where you are and what you're doing in your life. And and I think that's really good for my kids to read that, to say, you know, you're not going to be the same as all the other children in your class. Yeah, I'm so glad that resonated with you. Thank you so much for saying that. And I think, you know, the people that I've asked to read it so far, friends and family, they've all had a different thing that it resonated with them. Um, and obviously for you, it's with, it's with their dad and your partner. And I've had other people reach out and say, you know, they're from an ethnic non-minority they felt othered or even like they've got they grew up with ginger hair and they felt different because of that and so i i really hope it it's something that we can all appreciate that just because you're different from the other kids that you you're just you know what the thing that makes you different can make you can be your superpower can be what makes you stronger and i'm so thank you very much for saying that resonance yeah I, i love it and i just love the message and also i just loved the end of the book and i think it's so important to share the message about bees because people don't know how important bees are and in this book you know you're messaging and then the end of the book you're explaining you know, after I put it down, I thought, oh, I need to make a little bee house in the back garden. That'd be a great uh, thing to do with the children. Like, it's fantastic because we don't realise how important bees are to the world we live in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there is, you know, without bees, I think it's something like a third of all the food we eat, we would not have on our tables anymore because they are so important to our food processes through pollination. But, you know, also 
they're just so intrinsic to the natural world and to our world as well. And they are so a threat. And I really hope that kids can feel empowered reading it to understand why we need to protect them and do little things, whether it's uh, planting certain flowers in their garden or like you said, the little bee bars and things like that. Um, yeah, I really, I really hope that message gets through as well. I wanted to say as well, Kelsey, because you mentioned your partner that I, I actually have to say, we've been talking about motherhood and the challenges and all the rest. And I sit and sometimes feel like, oh, you know, this is so hard and this day's tricky. And I, I do think like people who are doing it you know, single moms who are doing it on their own for whatever the reason. And I know they had an amazing dad, but um, I just think you're an absolute superhero. I really do. And just want to give my like full respect to you for what you're doing, raising kids and being a phenomenal mom for them and still finding the time to do stuff like this. So like full respect to you. Oh, thank you so much. Like it is, you know, it is hard and but it's hard for every mum. And, and that's what I was saying you know, it is, it is relentless for us, isn't it? And I am doing it on my own, but they give me so much joy and happiness at the end of the day. And then yeah. when, I, when I put my little girl to bed, we do a little girl called Ray Ray because her little nickname is Ray Ray. And just, we go through what she's done during that day. And I think, wow, what have I achieved today with, with her and with the children? And, you know, life is tough and we're just trying to get through it, aren't we? As best as we can. Well, you definitely... You definitely put it in perspective. You know, if if I'm ever having a bit of a like day, I feel like moaning. I just have to remember how lucky I am, and I and I think you know, like you said, there's all different parents in the world and all different families and shapes and sizes. But it does put it in perspective. And I just you were talking about the relentlessness, but you know, when you're doing it, uh, you know, when you're when you're the when you're, not, you're their world, and that's just a yeah, it's a whole other level of um, respect there. So, oh, thank you. Right, so. We've got we've got some messages. We've got a message from Nikki on WhatsApp who needs our help. She's saying, send help. At the moment, I'm feeling so, so overwhelmed and that I have completely lost myself. I don't know who I am anymore. I have two under two. And unless I'm holding the little one, she cries and cries. And then my older one just wants to spend time with me and play. I feel like I'm being split in two. I'm really mourning my old life and I feel like motherhood just isn't something I'm good at. I feel like all of this has happened so fast. How can I feel a little less shit at being a mum? Any tips for the baby that I, how I can put her down? I'm desperate. Oh, bless her. It's so hard. I think like the first thing is that you're not alone in this and like feeling like you're sucking at being a mum. Like we have all been there a million times. So you're not, you're not sucking as a mum. You are probably nailing it in many, many ways that you don't see, but we all feel like that. And I think to know that you're not alone and to find some support from some other people in a, in a similar situation could be really key, whether that's, you know, friends in real life, groups you can join, like little play groups where you can find parents in a similar situation um, or, you know, even online, you know, following mum Instagrams, listening to podcasts like this, just finding a community and realizing like you're really not alone, but also practically speaking, you know, if there's anyone in your life that can come and give you some support and give you a little bit of a break. See, I, I always talk about the village and like what we were saying that, you know, I am doing this on my own now. I didn't pick this life. This life picked me. Um, but mine is the village. Like, honestly, I wouldn't be able to get through it without having people come in and help. Like today, my kids are with my auntie. So they're great auntie. They spend a lot of time with my mum. But I wouldn't be able to do it without my village. And... 
I just think if she can help, like, you know, if she can get anyone to come in and help her with the two children, it would massively help. Even getting half an hour to go outside on your own without the constant need, 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 want, 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 want from little kids, which is just, you know, that's, it's normal for them to, to be like that, but it, it can, it can weigh you down so much. And especially with the crying, I do feel like if you, if you have a crying child and then you just feel so bad that you're putting them down, but then you've got another child who's under two, who also needs you to help them. I am feeling her pain, but, <laughs> but I think, I think getting out, even just to have a moment to have some fresh air, be around some treats, like go to a park on your own. If you can get someone to come and give you like half an hour support and just get that breather, like things yeah. feel just a little bit better again. And also it it is such an overused phrase, but it's so true. It is just a phase. Things will get better, promise. And then they'll be on to the next thing and you'll be going, that was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> But I think when, when, like you said, when it's that crying relentlessness and then you've got the toddler as well, like your nervous system can get so overwhelmed and just getting out, like just be amongst nature for half an hour, breathe some fresh, like just be on your own, like find that minute. Even if it's five minutes, it will make a difference. Just try and like build in that support and don't feel bad to ask for help. Do you, do you feel like, because she said here, uh, I'm really mourning my old life. Do, did you feel like that? I, I think it is... When you first have the, the baby, like your baby and you come home and you've, I remember um, my friends all went to a Hindu and Aurelia was like seven weeks old or nine weeks old. And I was like, I can't come and I really want to come out and I really want to drink with my friends. And it's, and then I looked at this baby who I'm breastfeeding. And I was like, no, I'm here and I'm doing this and I love being a mum. But I do feel like you do get that little you do mourn your old life because you can't just go out and do what you want now and you've got children who rely on you. Yeah, I think I think that's life, isn't it, though? Everything you gain in life, you give something up. It's the same like when you go into a relationship with somebody, like you gain something amazing, but you do give up something as well. Like you have to suddenly have take someone else's feelings into consideration. And, yeah. you know, if you're asked to go away for a weekend, maybe you're going to check in with your partner. It's like, it, it, you know, there's just, there's always compromises. And obviously having kids is a huge change. I remember the other day, like just thinking like, wouldn't it just be lovely just to literally walk out the house? Like what a dream. And I don't think I ever appreciated how lovely it is to just walk out the house. And now it's like, you know, oh, I've got the wet ones. Have I got the water? Have I got a change of clothes just in case this? And then like, have they been to the There's just so many, there's a thousand, it's like having a thousand tabs computer tabs but open in your head at all points my friend esther said this to me she went to london she visited london she went Kels, the ba- the kids stayed at my mum's i woke up and she said i didn't actually know what to do with myself i was walking around the house and was like what do i do <laughs> i think when you get that moment you just miss them when it, when the kids are gone I, I sit around and think what well, i'm not even doing any anything productive like i miss the kids being here but you're looking through photos of them yeah <laughs> like you've got a moment. I, th- I think it also depends you know how much you change in terms of your work life so i was on xfm radio x um for 16 years the longest serving female presenter there you go um but yeah i i decided um to stop doing that um because it was saturdays and sundays and you know when you've got kids the weekends do become really precious especially when they start nursery and school so that was quite a big shift for me i was also very involved in a charity that i co-founded i shifted that work-life balance to be more present with the kids quite a lot. So I, I was missing working a lot and that kind of like consistent working. So the work I do now is much more sporadic. 
is lovely and it's great to be able to do that and I'm very privileged to be able to do that but I did miss that like consistency like the you know going into work having adult company (laughs) adult brains to talk with so I think there was a lot of that for me so depends again on the situation you know a lot of women will go straight back to work um and that'll bring with it its, its own challenges as well I actually spoke on Instagram the other day about what I call disappearing women which was a feeling like and this was talking about something that was going on in my life at the time but about a feeling like after you've had kids that you sort of people sort of stop considering you as as important or as valid, especially within the workplace. Yeah. And how that had made me feel a bit shit about myself. Um, and sorry, my latter. You can swear. You can my swear. Language. Nikki swore. Rubbish about Nikki myself. swore on her WhatsApp. It's okay. <laughs> me and you, Nikki, <laughs> potty mouths together. Um, and I can't tell you the response I got. It was, I'm, I couldn't even, I couldn't get through all my inbox because these, it was just like a swathe of women across the globe reaching out and being like, oh my goodness, I felt the same. Like I felt passed over for this promotion. I feel like people just don't think my opinion. It just, people feeling like they kind of, disappeared or they were erased after they had kids and you know I think that is something that uniquely happens for women I'm not saying there's no men in that situation but it is a challenge that we as moms face um predominantly and it was just it what was quite amazing to me was how many women are in that same position and who feel that way um and I think that goes back to you know Nikki earlier as well is like however bad you're feeling or whatever you feel like whatever challenges you're facing there are going to be so many parents out there who are feeling just like you are in that very moment. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Do you want to do uh, one last little plug on your book and tell everyone how amazing and fantastic this book is? And please, can I have a copy? Yes, absolutely. Of course, it's going to be out on September the 14th, written by myself and illustrated by the amazing Aisha Tengiz. She's an incredible illustrator. Which it does look absolutely incredible. It's so colourful. It looks amazing. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, Aisha's amazing. It's out on Rocketbird Books. I wrote the book when I was breastfeeding my second daughter, Iggy, and I was in a, a, a bit of a down state and I was feeling like there was nothing more to me than producing milk. I was a sort of walking, talking cow. And I kind of did it as a little protest of, no, I can still exist. Um, and I'm really just... I'm going to write a book. <laughs> I'm just going to write. I literally <laughs> did it with her on me, the sort of pump on here, her on there. And I was on my phone bit going, I will write something. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just amazing to see it come to life. It's about a little bee with pink stripes instead of yellow and he's made to feel othered. And I hope it appeals to anyone who, as we discussed, whatever the the reasons, who feels perhaps a little bit different to other kids. Um, And it's about his journey to discover that what makes him different is what actually makes him really, really special. And it can be your superhero. Um, So yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be out in September, but you can pre-order it now. And I really, I really hope that um, kids love it. And it is absolutely fantastic and you need to go and get it, everyone, because it will be a good read in the evening before bedtime. And it's called, I should probably say, it's called Babu the Unusual Bee. I can't even remember if I said that, but that's the title. <laughs> Babu the Unusual Bee and it's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kelsey. It was lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much. It's been and brilliant. enjoy your shopping this afternoon. Woo! Kid free! <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to Mum's The Word, the parenting podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. We love to hear from you. So get in touch on WhatsApp where you can send us a voice message for free and we don't even need to know your name on 07599927537 and email us at askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place next week. I've been Kelsey Parker and thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. You can follow me on my socials at being underscore Kelsey. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.